everyone, Misaligned is back this week, and we are going to be talking all about our mid-year list today, which Megan and I have a decent-sized list here, and we actually don't have too many in common, so there should be plenty to talk about between the two of our lists. But before we dive into that, I just want to let you know that Misaligned is part of the Modern Vinyl family of podcasts. You can find all of the shows over at modern-vinyl.com, and there's going to be a podcast tab for you to easily find everything. And also, today's show is brought to you by Loot Crate. You can save 10% on any new subscription at trylootcrate.com forward slash misaligned. And if you enter the promo code BRIDGE10, that will give you the 10% savings and I'll have the link in the show notes and everything so you guys don't have to memorize it or anything like that. But on to today's discussion. Megan, are you ready for a mid-year list? Oh, I am. I am so ready for this. Awesome. Well, why don't you go ahead and start us out with one of the albums we have in common? One of the albums that we have in common happens to be one that we did an entire podcast on. And we both really loved After Laughter. So... I think we can cut this discussion short just by saying, go listen to our podcast where we discuss After Laughter and Harry Styles is self-titled, which is on my list and not yours. Yes. You know, I was trying to go through and remember everything that I had listened to lately because normally I'm pretty good at keeping my list up to date. And for whatever reason, the last, I want to say like three months, I have not updated it. So... I probably missed out on some things that I could have put in my list, but I think, you know, Harry Styles for me might make honorable mentions or something like that. I just haven't, you know, actually sat down to order my list or anything. I mean, I kind of have it in order in my head, but we'll see how that goes because I want to sort of just listen to a bunch of things again before I finalize anything. So mine is kind of a rough draft for the mid-year list, I will admit. I mean, mine's not in any particular order, so there's that. Yeah. And another album that you and I have in common is The Nashville Sound by Jason Isbell and The 400 Unit. I talked about this on Welcome to Geekdom when Craig Manning also a modern vinyl writer, came on to talk all about Jason Isbell and his music career in general. So I have, you know, quite a few thoughts on him as an artist there. But for this album specifically, I think because it was sort of the first full album that I listened to of his, it really made a good first impression on me. And that's sort of what led to me going back and listening to his entire LP discography, I will say. I did not listen to some of the splits and stuff that he's done in the past as EPs or anything like that. But Megan, what was it about this album that really just resonated with you? So I actually gave it a quick little listen over the weekend. And just from that quick listen, I was like, well, I got to put this on my mid-year list because it's really good. Yeah. It's very rare for me to really put on last minute editions like that um but speaking of last minute editions actually i know that we both have the new lord album on here too it's a right. nice little segue there but with jason isbell like i fell in love with his record store day album from this year obviously and the full length was just a good follow-up to that since i think live from welcome to 1979 was all covers so hearing all the original stuff was just awesome and i'm kind of bummed that he's not really doing the festival circuit in the summer at lake fest i would expect him to see him at maybe like red wing roots which is next month and he's not going to be there and i'm a little bummed so (laughs) i'll catch him eventually yeah i think he's playing up in la but I have not been going up to LA for shows, so we'll see. I'm kind of playing everything by ear right now because of the whole job situation, so it'll really depend on whether or not I go up there to see him, but it would be awesome to get to see some of these songs performed live and everything, and you know, you mentioned melodrama already, so why don't we go ahead and just roll this right on into that because this is probably the most recent release that 
we have on our on both of our lists because it just came out on the 16th and we're recording this on the 19th but i think you know a lot of people worry about how a sophomore release will sound and we did just do a bunch of pieces on sophomore releases over at Modern Vinyl, so we will link to those in here as well because I think those are definitely worth checking out, and Lord was sort of the reason that whole segment happened over at Modern Vinyl. But Megan, for you, when you first heard Melodrama, were you wanting it to sound a lot like Pure Heroin, or did you want something that was different but still characteristic of Lord? Well, based on the singles that she's already released, I had a feeling that this was going to take a completely different direction from Pure Heroin, which it did, and I love it so much. So one of the big things is over the weekend, Twitter was definitely a buzz over Writer in the Dark. Oh, how I love that song, and oh, how I think it's going to make it onto my uh, top 10 songs of 2017. But I was very surprised with Homemade Dynamite. That's a song that kind of comes out of left field, maybe makes me think that there was, not on her end, but with other people, some sort of drug addiction. Right. Just from the way the lyrics are, I was like, hmm, that's a little little too specific. <laughs> and I'm hoping that, you know, homemade dynamite doesn't catch on as a uh, new drug slang. But otherwise, my God, it's dark. It's it's a gorgeous album for it being so dark. Yeah. And I think she did a really great job of showing us how much her songwriting matured too in that time period between pure heroin and melodrama and i think you know based on what you're saying about this album you will probably really enjoy my recommendation that i have coming later because it's all about this basically but it's not recommending that you just listen to the album so you guys will have to wait and hear what that is later megan already knows because she can cheat and look in the google doc (laughs) yeah but i think with her working on this album with jack antonoff too Oh, yeah, there was a total bleacher sound with this album. And, I mean, you could tell the influence of Jack Antonoff's production on some of the songs. And some of the songs even sounded a little like songs that are on Gone Now, which I know we're going to talk about next. So, hey, we're, we're really good at, you know, rolling everything into other albums. But... As I wrote in my sophomore's piece, which is on Adele's 25, or no, I'm sorry, not 25, that's the last album, on Adele's 21, um, writing music when you're a teenager is vastly different from writing when you're in your 20s. Now, granted, Lord is 20, so she's just barely out of that teen age bracket. And she wrote a lot of these songs in her later teen years. But this is not the songwriting chops of a 19-year-old or like even a teenager. These are the writing chops of someone much older than what she actually is. Yeah, and I think that extra effort there with working with Jack and everything sort of gave this a bit of a new sound compared to Pure Heroin that we might not have seen had they not had that partnership for this album too. I guess being a part of Taylor Swift's squad is uh, beneficial. I think Lena has flittered in and out of her squad, therefore putting, you know, Jack into the sphere of influence. Yeah, exactly. And for those that are confused, Lena Dunham is dating Jack Antonoff and has been for years. So that's that's where that's coming out of. I'm not just pulling names out of thin air. Yeah. Well, why don't we go ahead and talk about his album, Gone Now by Bleachers, which is his solo project that he started, you know, after fun sort of insanely blew up. And it's still been a while for his album, too. So between lord and bleachers we've sort of been waiting a few years to get new albums from both of these artists and i think gone now is definitely a very very solid album and 
at this point, I'm almost convinced that Jack could sort of do anything and I would probably enjoy it. I think he's easily becoming one of those artists for me. Well, if he ever brings back Steel Train, I will be the happiest. Like, I miss Steel Train. And the interesting thing about this album is there were some songs that I felt like could have been Steel Train songs. And as a note to tie in Gone Now with Melodrama, Lord does have a guest spot on the album. And I believe it's in Don't Take the Money. It's a very small part, but she's on it. But back to Bleachers, like, wow. I listened to this album when I was coming home from Chicago a few weeks ago and fell in love with it. And then got really bummed because I believe the first date of the tour was in Richmond. And I couldn't go to that. So I missed out on seeing all these great songs live, as well as the touring Jack's Room exhibit. That was in Richmond, too. And when I found that out, I was really, really, really upset. Because that would be a really cool exhibit to see. Just like the replica of his childhood bedroom that's traveling with him for fans to see. That kind of did have some influence on this album in a way. Yeah, and for me, when I first gave Gone Now a listen, I didn't think that it was quite as anthemic, I guess you could say, as his first album. Because when I saw him perform those songs live, it just had this sort of bigness to it that you couldn't really get from too many other artists like Jack, I think. And yes, there are plenty of, you know, big, big pop artists, but I've never really seen Jack in that same light as like, you know, Beyonce or Rihanna or those huge pop artists, even though he has songs that can probably compete with theirs on the charts and everything like that and I think there's just something about him that makes everything feel so much different and not like the pop machine basically yeah I mean he's a talented songwriter he's a talented musician and he's a talented producer I mean you've got triple threat right there and with Gone Now it too is a little bit darker I'd say, than previous releases. And I'm also kind of hoping that maybe Terrible Thrills Volume 3 will come out um, with songs from this album. I mean, I could totally see Carly Rae Jepsen doing another Bleacher song. Um, it, I wouldn't put it past Lord to covering a Bleacher song either from this album. Maybe doing Don't Take the Money in full with just her voice. Yeah, I think it would actually be really cool if Lord and Jack just switched songs and covered each other, no matter what song it ends up being. Oh, you mean like what uh, Manchester Orchestra and Kevin Devine did a few years ago? Yeah, I think something like that could be a really cool promotional tool for the both of them. And I mean, we've even seen Paramore covering big artists recently with their Fleetwood Mac cover and their Drake cover as well. Oh now. yeah, that Drake cover is so good. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so I think, you know, since they know each other and clearly work well together, that would be something that would be really fun. And I think you and I probably really would enjoy that simply because these are both on our top mid-year albums list already. So oh, yeah. I think So uh Lord or Jack, if you're listening, please take our suggestion and do this and maybe, you know, put us in the liner notes. That would be cool. <laughs> Thank you, Deanna and Megan, for the idea. <laughs> yes. So I think that wraps up our albums that we have in common, which because I put 10 albums on my list, that's almost half my list already. So why don't you go ahead and give us one or two more of yours real quick here, Megan? All right, so I put together a list of 15 albums this year. I mean, I always put together lists of 15, be it end-of-the-year lists, mid-year lists, which this year I was a little better at doing. Um, but a lot of the artists on my list this year are actually from bands with some kick-ass females in it. I mean, I've got Diet Sig, Swear I'm Good at This, and Charlie Bliss's Guppy on here as well. Those are both really solid releases, and I've yet to see Diet Sig live, but I have seen Charlie Bliss, and this was when they toured with Sorority Noise a few years ago. 
actually by a few, I really mean two. So two years ago, and I'll never forget running into the members of Charlie Bliss at Cookout where they were so excited about the milkshakes. I mean, I remember during the show, they were talking about how you could get like Oreo mixed in with something else. And they were just like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. But Guppy is definitely an amazing follow-up to what they've done in the past few years. And I'm really glad to see that band start actually getting press. Yeah, I actually haven't heard of Charlie Bliss before, so I will be putting that on my list to check out. Really? Yeah, I don't know if... who's Do you know who's doing press for them, or are they a band that does not have press? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I know that Guppy was premiered on NPR this year, and it really surprises me since we uh, tend to run in a lot of like the same circles with bands um, because they've gone on tour with bands we listen to like Sorority Noise and okay. like um, I could see them maybe going on tour with Diet Sig. Yeah, I mean, honestly, sometimes I just completely miss bands. It's one of those things where if I'm not on Twitter at like the moment that their stream goes up, I could just miss it forever because sometimes I'm not a completionist and I just like scroll to the top. (laughs) Yeah, and I know that Charlie Bliss is also one of those bands that's been getting a lot of like really good press and has been talked about by even like folks that run in the same circles we do on Twitter. So I think you might have just overlooked that because I mean, there's been so many really good releases this year. Yeah, and I will be the first to admit that I totally sleep on things that I probably shouldn't have, so it's not surprising to me when I miss something that is really good, but I will definitely give that a listen. I've been sort of putting together a list in Todoist to go listen to a bunch of albums that have just sort of piled up in my recently added section in Apple Music, so I was like, okay going to make a list, going to actually get these things done. What I probably need to do is like literally assign due dates to those albums (laughs) because that's how bad I've been lately. I think my list has at least 10 albums on it still. So like I said, this is my list is definitely a very, very rough draft because there's still so much that I haven't listened to. But one of the other albums on my list is After the Party by the Menzingers and You know, I think they might honestly be my favorite modern day punk band simply because their songs are just so catchy. And every time I've seen them live, they've put on such a great show. And After the Party definitely keeps that trend going for them. And if anyone is looking for a solid punk record to listen to, After the Party by the Menzingers is probably one of the best ones this year. I was actually listening to them earlier today when I was going to the library. And surprisingly, I don't have this album on my list, but like I said, there's like so many that it was kind of hard for me to kind of choose what I wanted. Yeah. (laughs) So let's see. I did mention Harry Styles. I'm not even going to talk about Harry Styles on mine. I'm just like, go listen to the podcast. Um, So I'll just go with another band that I just mentioned, Sorority Noise. You're not as blank as you think. I'm also salty that I missed this tour for this album because I've heard really good things about it, but just my schedule has not allowed me to really go to a lot of shows and uh, the dates, like they've gone to DC or like they were in Richmond and I was not. So here I am. Um, But You're Not As Blank As You Think is probably going to make it into my top 10 this year. Uh, When it came out, I definitely played it on repeat. It's, wow, an excellent follow-up to um, Joy Departed. Like, holy crap. And I don't know. It's, it's, there's something about the songwriting between, like, Cam and all the guys that just sucks me in. And it's, I just have a lot of, you know, feelings that I can't get out into words. So if you actually saw me right now, I'm kind of motioning with my hands and just waving around. Um, that's where I'm at with, you know, describing albums now is I can't put them into words. I'm just going to wave my hands around. Which absolutely no one can see, but I sort of do that when I talk a lot anyway. So I'll, you know, get going with the hand motions and everything. And I'm like, I'm really glad no one can see this actually. (laughs) 
Yeah, somehow I managed to suppress that for a broadcast career <laughs> in like high school. Um, but yeah, I think out of the two of us, I might have the more varied list. Yeah, I have quite a bit of poppy stuff on my list. But then at the same time, I have some very, very not poppy stuff. <laughs> Yours is leaning more towards, you know, pop and country almost. And mine yeah. is, as usual, all over the place. <laughs> yeah, and I think part of the reason I didn't have too many bands like Sorority Noise or Sinai Vessel, and I believe Del Paxton was another one that pro those three probably could have ended up somewhere on this list. But what I try to do when I am keeping up with my list, which I haven't been, is I try to go through and bold the ones that I really enjoyed so I can kind of have that as a note to myself to go back and revisit those some more. So, you know, Dave House ended up on my list because of that. But before I dive into that record, Megan, why don't you tell our listeners a little more about our sponsor, Loot Crate? Yes, Loot Crate. So for our wonderful misaligned listeners, Loot Crate is offering an opportunity to save 10% on any new subscription at LootCrate.com. You can enter the promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. And with Loot Crate, you know, they've got so many cool things. It's a monthly subscription box for geek and gamer items and pop culture gear. They've got a Hello Kitty box, which actually, I take that back, it's a Hello Kitty Sanrio box. They've done a lot of really cool ones. I think one of my friends got one and it had Orphan Black stuff in it a while ago. But... For less than $20 a month, you can get six to eight items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items that are Loot Crate exclusives, and a lot more. So technically for every month, you have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when the cutoff happens, you know, you kind of miss out on that month. So unfortunately for you listeners, you'll be missing out on the June box or July box might be July because we're recording this on June 19th. So I don't know what's coming up, but they've got cool stuff. They've done Harry Potter boxes. There was a WWE box, I believe, not too long <laughs> ago. So, I mean, they cover all aspects of really cool subscription box stuff. Yeah. And to add to that, like I said, that trylootcrate.com forward slash misaligned link will be in the show notes for you guys. And the Bridge 10 code will also be in there, so please do not feel the need to memorize this or try and scramble to write it down or, you know, have to pause and rewind and everything like that to get it. But let's get back to our mid-year list. Megan, have you listened to Dave House at all, or is this someone you have not listened to? You know what? I saw that on your list, and in my head I was just like, oh, I forgot that came out. Because, it, remember back in October when I saw Against Me? Yeah. And nearly got killed? Dave opened that show. Okay. And I got to meet him afterwards, and that was really cool. Like, I loved what he was doing. I don't remember off the top of my head if he was playing anything new, but I enjoyed it. So I'm going to have to go listen to that album later this week, actually. Yeah, and... It's been a little while since I've listened to it because I've just been bad at re-listening to stuff in general. But when it first came out, I listened to it a few times. And I think if you like the Nashville sound, then this one, I wouldn't say it's exactly along those lines, but his songwriting style feels a bit similar to Jason Isbell and just how sort of real and down to earth he is and how honest he is in his songwriting. So I think that was something that sort of drew my attention to this album when it first came out. And it's one I'm definitely going to revisit because if I have to rank stuff, this might be towards the bottom of my top 10 right now. And, you know, Lord might be down there, too, simply just because I haven't spent enough time with that album with it only being out for, you know, three days here. So that one I didn't want to put too high up on my list, but I will have to rank my mid-year list for Chorus coming up shortly. I know they want mid-year lists done by the end of the month, which is actually the middle of the year. So you guys are getting this a little bit early. I apologize that we're missing out on like a week or two of releases here. 
honestly, I don't think we're really missing out because I've seen a few mid-year lists already pop up. So yeah, true. <laughs> I think we're well within the time frame of releasing these. Um, but going back, when I talked about, you know, having a lot of awesome lady artists on here, I also have some awesome queer bands. So I've got Priests Nothing Feels Natural, and I have talked about them before on the podcast. I believe they're currently somewhere in Europe on their summer tour. I know that Katie Alice Grew has been posting stuff from, like, Greece and stuff. But Nothing Feels Natural, ha- some of the songs have gotten play on Sirius XMU, which is awesome. And their live sets always rock. So if you ever get a chance to see them live, do it. And also, on the topic of queer bands, I have Philadelphia's Cayetana with New Kind of Normal. I think this is an album that you will enjoy. Um, I know we've talked about Cayetana before on the podcast. Yeah. But this, like, being their first full length, I think. Because they've had a few EPs. Maybe it's their second full length. (laughs) I have one. I'm looking at it on my record shelf. I'm just too lazy to go get up and see what it is. Um... But New Kind of Normal is wonderful. And I think ultimately that's going to end up somewhere in my top 15 this year. Yeah. And I can't recall if I did go and listen to the entire release of this or if I just listened to the singles. But I definitely listened to something from this album. And it's one that I need to go through and listen to top to bottom for sure. And for me, I know... Country isn't probably the favorite genre of everyone here, but Chris Stapleton isn't your typical mainstream country artist, I would say. He's written a ton of hits for those artists, and while he is getting quite a bit of airplay in California at least, it doesn't seem like he's sort of consistently getting that across the United States, and His latest album is called From a Room Volume 1, and there is a Volume 2 coming. I believe that's supposed to be coming in the latter half of this year. So we'll see how, you know, his two albums sort of stack up for me by the end of the year list. And I don't know if I would necessarily put both on the list simply because I feel weird putting the same artist twice in a top 10. So (laughs) we'll see how that goes. But it's definitely a solid country album for probably the few of you listening to this who really enjoy country music and I think Megan you might even enjoy this quite a bit too if you haven't listened oh, to yeah. it. Oh yeah I have. Okay. I really enjoy Chris Stapleton which is probably surprising to a lot of folks. Um, his music has gotten a lot of airplay on some of the independent music stations okay. out here in Virginia but I also like I could he's definitely in the target audience for stations like WNRN or WXPN up in Philly, but his management is also I believe he's part of Red Light Management, and they've got a base down in Charlottesville. And I know he's hugely popular down in that area. Yeah. So I think I think it just varies. Like I know I'm not hearing his stuff on country music radio. For when I occasionally flip through, but definitely hear him more on the independent stations in this area and on, I guess, on the East Coast, too, if I'm going to include XPN in this. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know if I've ever really noticed the non really, really mainstream artists being played on other stations that aren't specifically country, at least out here. And I don't know. Radio is so weird. I don't know what to say about it sometimes but Megan I only have three albums left on my list so how many do you have left on yours I think I have five okay well why don't you go ahead and give us two more of yours and then we will kind of sort of even this out in the end somehow (laughs) yeah so the Sufjan Stevens Nico Mully James McAllister and I always forget the fourth guy on this project Let's see. Bryce Desner. There we go. The four of them got together and produced Planetarium, which, oh my God, I love it. I love it so much. I believe it came out two weeks ago. Sounds about right. I know that the Modern Vinyl podcast did a roundtable on Planetarium. 
but I'm just a sucker for all things Sufjan, even though I'm still not a fond fan of Age of Odds, ads, whatever. But oh my god, Planetarium, I love it. It's just, it's literally about planets and the solar system. And I'm a space dork, so I kind of geeked out about that. And it, it, I don't know. It's just this beautiful journey through all the planets. Mercury is definitely one of my favorite songs from this year. And I believe that's the album's closer. And it's just, oh my God, I live for that. And while I am still in the chill out mode of songs and albums, I have Bonobo's Migration on here. I did not get into Bonobo because of my boyfriend who kind of listens to more music in that genre. I, you know, was listening to Spotify and it was in my recommendations and I hit play and I was like, this is great. Why haven't I listened to Bonobo before? I love this. So it's, it's a nice album to kind of just, you know, sit and read a book to. Yeah, I have definitely not listened to either of those. I don't know if they would quite be my thing. I haven't really listened to any of the people involved in the Planetarium project either. So one of the guys is in the National. I know that much. And I'm not going to say anything listen off to the top them. of my head. <laughs> Once or twice, I don't. I don't know. I'm pretty bad at remembering what all I listen to. That's the problem when you try and listen to like a hundred albums that come out in a year and stuff like that. I think I might have listened to the Nationals' most recent album. I have no idea. I mean, they're releasing one later this year, and I'm looking forward to that. But uh, you might have heard them on Bob's Burgers. Not a show I watch, so I'm guessing that did not oh, happen. Oh, man. <laughs> you are really missing out on some great stuff. Apparently. I can't watch everything all at the same time, though. So maybe that'll end up on my list, too, which is already seemingly never-ending. But, you know, The Sopranos is, is going to come before anything else, probably, once I finish The Leftovers. But back to the music, because this is not a TV podcast, at least not yet anyway. I think for me, the smallest artist I have on my list is Culprit. They're a local LA band. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned them on here before. I might have recommended the, the album when it first came out, and their release this year is called Sonder, and it's just a fantastic rock record. I think this might, other than the Menzingers, be like the heaviest thing on here and it's not even really that heavy to be honest with you it's just a really solid rock record and I've been following these guys for a while now they've had you know a couple lineup changes since I've been following them but it's nothing so major that it really changed the entire sound of the band or anything because they've kept the same singer throughout so they're definitely really solid and Let's see how many times I can say solid while describing this band. <laughs> but What are we, in the 70s? <laughs> I just really recommend giving this a listen if you're looking for just some straight-up rock music to check out. And even though it's rock music, they still have a unique twist to it. And I think their sound is definitely one of the best, especially in the local scene out here. And they did a weekend cover too which is pretty interesting so you might want to check that out as well if any of you are fans of the weekend what song was it because some people like some songs and some like up don't like it so let me look i am totally blanking off the top of my head because was it one of the singles because the first song that comes to mind is Starboy, which would be quite an interesting cover they covered shameless ah so they're not even going for like the main singles. They're they're digging deep into that discography. Yeah, it was definitely a really good cover. So Megan, if you have not listened to that, you might definitely dig I it. I might have to. Because I found it highly entertaining too. And I don't mean that, you know, in a bad way. I just mean like I really enjoyed it. So it was pretty entertaining for me. But yeah, I think you would definitely like them if you didn't end up checking out their album. Hmm. I will have to check that out. Speaking of bands who do good covers, there's always Andrew McMahon. Yes. And uh, this one could have made my list too. Yeah. So Andrew McMahon in the wilderness, zombies on Broadway, minus Brooklyn, you're killing me, which I still can't get into. <laughs> it still kills me. I'm sorry, Andrew. That is definitely one of my favorite albums this year. It 
definitely is more dance pop oriented. And while I hope that one day Andrew will return to the sound that he had on The Glass Passenger, which I think might be one of the best sounds he's had, Zombies on Broadway is a very good, fun album to listen to. Especially if you enjoy dancing because, well, sometimes you just got to dance. Yeah, this one was another one that I did listen to when it came out. And I think Andrew is an artist similar to Jack for me, where I will pretty much listen to anything he does at this point. And he's had quite a few projects (laughs) that he's done. So there's definitely a huge discography to listen to when it comes to Andrew McMahon things. Oh, yeah. He could put out a polka album and I would still listen to it. Actually, that's probably a bad analogy to use because I consider Pennsylvania my home state and they've got the whole Pennsylvania polka thing. So maybe that wasn't the right thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) But I totally understand what you mean. So it's fine. Just as long as he doesn't put out a rap album, I think I'll be okay (laughs) if he doesn't do that because just him rapping is bad. Okay, I should specify that if he does anything within his wheelhouse, we are good to go. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Although now I kind of want a Polka album from him. Hmm. Did you happen to listen to The Main's new album? I haven't. I've seen a lot of really good things about that on social media. So I might have to listen to it. Like for some reason, I just never really got into The Main. Maybe except for... Their cover of Akon's I Wanna Love You, which is on one of the Punk Go series. Which somehow are still going on. <laughs> yes. Uh, to quote, you know, James Kassar, Punk Goes Pop, more like Punk Goes Stop. <laughs> or something like that. Maybe that's a more of a paraphrase of James, but he definitely tweeted something about that a few weeks ago when the seventh iteration of Pop Goes Punk Or Punk Goes Pop Pop, (laughs) was announced. But yes, no, the main. Yeah, I've heard good things. Uh, What did you think about their album? I really enjoyed it. And I think if you couldn't get into the main before, this actually might be a good album for you to check out because I think it was definitely a lot different than a lot of their previous stuff. And I wouldn't say it was different in, you know, either positive or negative way. I think it's more of the band maturing and I think this also happened with the all-time low record which seems like it's been surprising a lot of people with how much they've enjoyed it and that's another one that I probably could have slipped into that bottom slot on my list but I just haven't sat with it long enough to make that decision because that came out somewhat recently here too And I think with Lovely Little Lonely, the main really have something good going. And it's not quite as poppy, I want to say, as some of the other records. Because, you know, I feel like with the main and All Time Low, sometimes they were sort of just trying to compile a bunch of hits together for an album. And for both of them these recent albums did not feel that way it definitely felt like a very cohesive album to me so you're saying it definitely doesn't have that throwback sound that we both you know grew up with from these bands and that hmm, i might have to check it out i do enjoy when artists kind of finally figure out that maybe a certain niche isn't for them and they should evolve or something I wouldn't say you won't get glimpses of that sort of sound that they used to have, but I think they've definitely done something a lot different with their sound. And I wouldn't say they, you know, strayed extremely far, but like I said, it's more of a maturity thing, at least. That's the way I see it. Okay. That makes sense. I will try and go back and listen to this soon and maybe just like pick out a few songs for you to check out so you don't have to listen to the whole album right away. We will do that and you can decide from there. And then maybe we can update the listeners with some follow up or something on it. Not a bad idea, actually. Us giving follow up on albums we've recommended. Like you with Charlie Bliss. <laughs> yes, I. we could do that. We will do what the tech podcasts do and have some follow up. <laughs> Yes. Speaking of following up, this is a band that, you know, doesn't even have anything to do with any of the genres we've talked about so far, (laughs) really. 
Perfume Genius released their latest album, No Shape, within the past month. Yeah, May 5th it came out. And it is the follow-up to 2014's Too Bright. Oh my gosh. The music videos that I've seen from this album are just awesome. I love the songs. I love the direction they're going. And this is definitely one that I can't see on your radar. I have absolutely no clue who this band is. <laughs> see, um, It's definitely a band. I it, They're more in the realm, I guess I would say, like, Sufjan Stevens, perhaps. Um, okay. Like, it's, it's just a very interesting band. I mean, Spotify on here says if you like Vagabond, you'll like Perfume Genius or even Dirty Projectors. Um, definitely Sufjan. Uh, let's see. Who else do they have on here? St. Vincent, JSOM, Cloud Nothings. Artists that have gotten a lot of buzz this year and in years past that is more equipped to handle the indie realm than, say, like the major indie realm that Sufjan's in. But they're easily a recognizable name in music circles today and i think this might also make it onto my top 15 actually yeah so it sounds like you are fairly confident that quite a few of your albums are going to be on your end of the year list too most likely and i think yeah i think for me with my last pick here for the albums john mayer's the search for everything is probably one of the first albums that i figured would be on my end of the year list because he released the two EPs first. He did Wave 1 and Wave 2 and then put that all together and added some more songs to make it an album. And this was sort of like the only thing I wanted to listen to for a while. And I like pretty much all of John Mayer's stuff. He might have an album or two that I don't revisit nearly as much as the others. But Overall, I think his discography is very, very strong, and this is just another addition to that. And he has some pretty catchy songs on this. Ooh, I know my best friend was raving about this, but she raves about everything he does, so that's no surprise there. (laughs) And fun fact, John Mayer tweeted about Paramore's 26 a few weeks ago. Yeah, I saw that. And how much he enjoys that song. So, you know, if Paramore's After Laughter is John Mayer approved, I think the masses will love it if they haven't already listened, which is also why I recommended it to my best friend who wouldn't listen to Paramore unless John Mayer recommended them. (laughs) See, I just brought my whole list full circle here. (laughs) See, there we go. And the last one on my list is Prisoner by Ryan Adams. I have to say, I am still tired of hearing um, Do You Still Love Me, which has been getting airplay constantly on, you know, independent stations, maybe some of the bigger stations. I could actually see it played on, like, adult alternative stations here, but we don't really have that format. So minus uh, Do You Still Love Me, I absolutely love Prisoner. And not just because, you know, it's actually original music and not Ryan Adams doing Taylor Swift. He's a consistently good songwriter, much like John Mayer. And you know what? I could see these two going on tour together, too, one day. Maybe when John stops doing the Dead & Company stuff. Yeah. And they could, you know, accompany each other with some guitar solos. Oh, that would be so good. (laughs) That would be a pretty good fit there, but... Before we go on to recommendations here, why don't we quickly cover a couple EPs that we each have, and both of mine come from the same label, so I'm just going to lump them together here, and one is eight songs, so I was like, okay, is this an EP? Is this an album? And then I think, you know, I asked Joe over at Take This to Heart, and we decided it's an EP. So Swordfish is Rodia. I think that's how they had me pronounce it on the podcast we did. So that and Super Americans Disposable are just some really good, really catchy EPs. And I think Take This to Heart has been pretty consistent with putting out quality stuff, you know, the last couple of years here. And it just continues to impress me, the bands that Joe gets to work with, because they all sort of seem to have 
their songwriting down and they know what they want to sound like and he just lets them run with it and it works really well it's a good label they've put out some great releases i'm gonna have to check those out yeah i i think you might like swordfish a bit better i think super american definitely leans quite a bit more pop punk but not to the extent that you know you would think of them as like you know the next blink 182 or anything like that but i think you know swordfish might lean a little more towards the emo genre than pop punk and everything like that it's not bad genres are weird but you know it's in that sort of world there well i mean haramore started out as a rock band in the pop punk world and now they're basically full-on pop so right things happen and sometimes sounds just rock the two EPs that I have on here, one is entirely a cover EP, and the other is original from Gold Connections, which is a band that has been associated with Car Seat Headrest. For some reason, the Virginia music scene seems to either love or absolutely hate both bands. I will be seeing both Gold Connections and Car Seat Headrest uh, next week, actually. They'll be performing together in Richmond. So I'm looking forward to seeing them again. I saw them back in September when Gold Connections opened for Car Seat Headrest, also in Richmond. Um, But their self-titled EP is very good and very just, well, I guess if you like Car Seat Headrest, you'll definitely like them. But if you like Wilco or even um, Ryan Adams, definitely, definitely give Gold Connections a try. And the album that's all, well, the EP, rather, that's all covers is Dashboard Confessionals covered and taped. I'm pretty sure this is just a digital-only EP. Uh, It might have been a Spotify exclusive for a while. But on there, the band covers Justin Bieber, the 1975, um, Julian Baker, and I feel like I'm forgetting a song. I know you listened to this one. I did, and I want to help you, but my mind is just blank, completely blank right now. <laughs> it might have just been three songs. I'm going to go look this up, but it was definitely Justin Bieber's Baby, I want to say. Does that sound, does that ring a bell? It does, but I feel like so many people have covered Baby, I cannot keep track. It was Love Yourself. Ah, there we go. John Nolan covered it, uh, and I'm sorry, it was Love Yourself. And it is now four I songs. actually kind of want, yeah, I kind of want a baby cover from Dashboard now. <laughs> but ah, yes, they also covered Sorority Noise. And that was using off of Joy Departed. And they took that song and completely wrecked it in a good way that absolutely wrecked my feelings. <laughs> but right, the 1975 Sex is covered on here, as well as Julian Baker's Sprained Ankle, which has also been covered by Brand New when they perform live yeah so i would definitely recommend that ep too just because dashboard confessional is great and can make pretty much anything sound great i just didn't do like a full list of eps just yet i think what i am going to do is i'll probably end up doing you know my 10 albums figure out if those are the going to be the same 10 or if you know maybe dave house drops out and whatnot and then do i want to say five eps is normally what i do for mid-year and end of the year lists and then end of the year is when I really start to add in honorable mentions and everything like that so you know Megan you already have a fairly big list here so do you plan to put more EPs into your list or are you sort of going to keep it limited the EPs I don't really cover as much um, as I do the actual albums I know that there's still a plethora of amazing things yet to come this year, and this could completely throw off the balance that I have right now. Like, I know Arcade Fire is releasing something this year, and The Lone Bellow just announced that they will be releasing a new album in September that I'm really looking forward to hearing. So, we'll see. Also, you would enjoy The Lone Bellow. Um especially since you tend to have some country roots as well. Yeah, that's something that I will be checking out. And I think that sort of wraps up our mid-year list here. Megan, why don't you kick us off with your recommendations to close this out, kick this off and close this out. You, I'm bad with yeah. the words today. You, you guys all know what so, I mean. So, 
speaking of, you know, albums that came out this year, I just gave this one a quick listen over the weekend, even quicker than the Jason Isbell one, which is why it's not on my list. But Beth Ditto of The Gossip has released Fake Sugar. And oh, I love her. She's wonderful. Like, who doesn't love Beth Ditto? And I also have a book on here. My library, surprisingly, had Laura Jane Grace's Tranny in their catalog. So I picked that up and I read that and fell in love with it. If you want to learn more about Against Me and even, you know, Laura Jane Grace's life as a whole, definitely, definitely pick it up. I loved that she and Dan Ozzy worked together on this and the journal entries really help bring the book full circle. And there are pictures in it. Who doesn't love a good book with pictures? Right? Mm -hmm. Books with pictures are always so fantastic because then that's a little less that I have to read. And this is something that has been on my list. And I know we've also talked about potentially covering this on the podcast at some point. So clearly I have some catching up to do to you on the music books. But my recommendation actually has to do with Lord's Melodrama album. And I just found this podcast today and listened to the entire thing. She goes track by track on a podcast that she's doing called Lord Behind the Melodrama. And it is with one of the writers from the spinoff, which I believe is a publication overseas somewhere. I don't know exactly where because all I did was listen to the podcast and that was it. But it's a look at each track, her sort of writing and recording process, her thoughts going on throughout each song and everything like that. So Megan, I think this is something you would really enjoy. And it's really not that long, even though each song is its own little episode. I think, you know, some episodes were eight minutes and the longest one was like 19 minutes. So it's not a super, super long thing. Like I said, I got through it all today, but I'm also an insane podcast listener. So you know, you by no means have to get through it in one day. But I think for anyone who likes this album, this is something that is really cool that she's doing to sort of give you this inside look at what went on while she was making the album. Hmm. I will have to check that one out. Awesome. Well, that wraps up the podcast today. And as always, thank you guys for listening. And we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.